Hey guys, I got great news for you if you like fantasy sports like I like fantasy sports. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two in case of emergency picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop bet has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. So, for example, will Steph Curry score over or under 25 points? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Guys, do me a favor. Enter promo code LAKERS upon sign-up to have your first deposit match $10 instantly, but it's a minimum $10 deposit. And you can find this on any of the app stores under Thrive Fantasy. How y'all gonna lose Kobe for LeBron? What? And Lonzo Ball? Nah, 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 nah. Step your game up, buddy. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. 24 Black Mamba, yeah, you know that we kill them. Any team stepping up, yeah, you know that we drill them. Roger Josh, Jason, really wanna know your opinion. Uh, welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Please don't come with that nonsense unless you talking that realness. And if you come with that bull, we let the world hear it. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. We really wanna know your opinion. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Right. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. That's right. We really wanna know your opinion. Right. We really wanna know your opinion. Ah, uh-huh. please don't come with that nonsense. Please talk realness. For real. Don't talk none of that stuff that they talk about on Sports Center. None of that. Seriously. Talk that realness. For real. Please. Gonna let the world hear it. Uh. Hey guys, tonight on uh, on Lakers Unfiltered podcast, we have a very special guest. You can see him on Spectrum News One. You can hear him on KFI six forty, AM five seventy, or Fox Sports Radio nationally. We have what's going on. You what's going on, man? How you doing I appreciate tonight, you, uh, like that was like a great Twitter bio read right there. That was like <laughs> that was really good. Well done there. Now, what's going on, fellas? I'm uh, excited to be here, man. Talk a little purple and gold with you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, so for all the people that don't know you, can you just give them a little background of how you ended up on Spectrum Sports and yeah. where you came um, from? So from Michigan originally, that's home. I uh, came to L.A. around eight years ago and, uh, you know, kind of got into the, you know, sports radio world uh, with ESPN Radio. Did that for four years. My Shout out to my guy, Travis Rogers, and I held down a morning show for a couple of years and I did a couple of years with Marcellus Wiley. Um, and then I started to do some radio with Fox Sports 1. I'm um, not Fox Sports, Fox Sports Radio. And um, and then uh, started doing some TV with Spectrum News 1 here in L.A., uh, excited because, you know, we're all connected to the Lakers um, with Spectrum Sportsnet and Sportsnet LA, which own the dot, the rights to the Dodgers. So uh, it's a good place to be, man. And I'm enjoying myself. It was a rough season. My guy's here, one of my all-time favorite players, LeBron. And so 
like many people, uh, you know, this season was not exactly how we thought it would go, but uh, here we are. Yeah, so on on that, like, do you do you think that, like, all this drama that's coming out is ultimately going to hurt the Lakers this summer and trying to attract another uh, I, I do, but I think you have to go back some. I think that would be very lazy to think it's just LeBron or it's just what happened recently with Magic. I think you got to do your work and research and go back a little bit and start to think about the – remember LaMarcus Aldridge not really – be kind of laughing at the idea of how the Lakers – in their pitch meeting and that it was yeah. like, you know, all the pomp and circumstance of LA, but not the nitty gritty of basketball. It wasn't the nitty gritty of, Hey, here's what we see. Here's a vision of how we're going to use you. Uh, and, and so you had guys like him and you got Paul George, not even giving them a, a meeting. And so the Lakers, you know, have kind of been in a place where yes, it's pretty, it's the Lakers, it's LA, but the cachet has definitely left with regards to maybe younger players, maybe us fans or maybe us media members or maybe us old time, you know, ball lovers, you know, think about that. Like, oh, man, it's the Lakers. But I don't know, man, some of these young players, man, I mean, they, they they're like, I'm comfortable doing me wherever I want to be, wherever makes me happiest. And so now you fast forward to now with all the drama. I don't think that helps. Do I think LeBron being here helps? I think it only helps if he has a particular person uh, when it comes to free agency that he has a relationship with. Um, I think there is an element to what Kevin Durant said that I think he used the wrong word when he said toxic around LeBron. Um, But there is a level of, uh, I don't know, um, hierarchy, uh, you know, some type of Game of Thrones, if you will, with LeBron where, you know, people get tossed, people get killed off on the show, if you will. you know, and it's a lot that comes along with it. So this season only, you know, it did not help at all when it comes to the Lakers. And you're talking about maybe public perception or free agency. Hey, hey, Kelvin, it's uh, Josh here. Um, up, Josh? Quick, quick, quick question. Um, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago and I asked Roger and Jay, do you think like post Jerry Buss era, I mean, with Jim and Jeannie really having that brother sister feud about the Lakers, that it really hurts them more? That that's why people really can't take it seriously because you're not, I mean, starting from the owners, they're not really handling it, you know, the way that, that Jerry handled it. Right. Well, I think, yeah, I, I don't know if I would say as much her and her and Jim's relationship um, because what's funny is, Everybody was talking smack about him, and especially Magic Johnson. And yet, you could argue the Lakers are in a worse situation than they were with Jim. Um, you know, it's it, you know they're not trending in the right direction. They have LeBron, and they have some good young assets for sure. But it's not a, like Magic claims. You know, somebody's got to do a better job, and then he steps up thinking, "Hey, I'm going to be the person to do that," and he didn't. Uh, I do think with Dr. Jerry Buss, I mean, I think the the you know the way the business was ran, um, it was obviously very family oriented, and still is. But I think there was an element of similar to Red Arbach where they just have the Midas touch. They know how to get things done. He knows how to let Shaq go. And you think, what are you doing letting Shaq go? And then fast forward a couple of years later, you know, a few years later, they were able to get two rings with the Kobe regime, you know. So there was just an element of getting it done. I do think not finding a way to keep Phil Jackson and or Jerry West around hurt them. Um and then you talk about the family dynamic. I think there's an element of now moving forward. What do they do when it comes to making decisions? If the person who may be right for the job 
isn't of the Laker family. You know what I mean? What if the next head coach has no Laker ties? What if the, the next, you know, if they decide to get a president of basketball operations or whatever, has no Laker ties? I mean, that's something they may have to consider, uh, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been saying that for a while. Like, the whole keep it in the family thing is, hasn't really worked out over the last six years. You know, they've had the worst record in the NBA. Like, I would love to see them go outside the family with the president of basketball operations. Um, how do you feel about uh, Rob Plinka kind of assuming that role over the last few I don't years? know, man. And to be honest, it's strange. Like, he has no experience in that particular role. Uh, what we thought may be a benefit of him being the GM seems to be maybe something that's backfiring from what we're hearing as far as, you know, not having a good reputation. People don't like him around the league. Some players don't like him. Other GMs don't like him. So what you thought may be an advantage early on is, oh, he's an agent. He's had these relationships with these GMs. He's had relationships with players. Seems to have backfired. And then think about it again. We don't know exactly what happened with regard to Magic because Magic's like, you know, they ask him point blank, do you think Rob's the guy for the job? And he's like, the end, don't ask me, you got to ask Jeannie, you know? And then he's like, <laughs> and he, and he, and he went on say to yes. say, um, he's like, and you know, people talk about all the baggage. I mean, that's what people are saying. So it's like, hold up, you know, what is Magic really trying to tell us here? So I don't know, man, it's complicated. You know, how much does Kobe have to, you know, say does Kobe have in this? Is Kobe helping kind of pull strings? Uh, is Kobe helping be the, the, the mouthpiece for Rob, who maybe doesn't have the best reputation. I don't know, but it is really strange that the guy who you thought has the, um, you know, kind of the, 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 the relationships with, like if you thought Rob had relationships with players and GMs, well, Magic really does, obviously, how highly regarded he is. But now he's out. Luke Walton, who you could argue never really got a fair shot as far as just a lot was thrown at him, he's out. And it's like the guy you would have, of the three, you would have thought would be first out it's still standing. Yeah, I mean, and it, I mean, it even goes to show, you know, Magic's tweet today, you know, the truth will come to light. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, that's a pretty powerful thing, you know. I mean, with it coming out yesterday on uh, the Colin Coward show that there was emails sent between Rob and Jeannie that Magic was accidentally CC'd on. Like, right. about job performance. Like, how much of factor is that? Like, right. And so you, hear, it is. Yeah, you hear stuff, you know, that Rob is kind of dry snitching on stuff. Like, you know, you come to work. Let's say you guys come to work and, and Jason's like, man, you know, Ooh, glad I'm here on time. I don't know where Roger is, but I mean, I'm here. <laughs> you know, Rob's kind of doing that. Oh, man, I'm here at the office. Hey, guys, Magic here? Knowing he's not. Everyone, no, he's not here. Oh, wow, he's not here. You know, so, which again does, but think about it. Let's say what we're hearing is true, or at least, you know, let's say a large portion of it is true. You know, then it makes it weird, like, so that's the guy that keeps his job as close as you know, Genie and Magic were as much as he means to Laker organization. Now, that's two things you could argue. You could argue that Magic wasn't performing well in the sense that, uh, and he even admitted, like, I'm not necessarily built for this role. So you that, you know, that could be something that is true. And then the other end, it could be that he was being um, stabbed in the back and, and, and a bit of sabotage going on from, from Rob Palenka's standpoint of maybe he wanted full autonomy, full power. And uh, which he, it's crazy because now he seems to have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I've heard people compare Rob Palinka, like as far as like his snakish tendencies, uh, to 
Danny Ainge, like as far as, you know, all the, all the deals that Ainge has pulled off over the last three or four years, he's just totally killed the right. other GM. But the, but the difference is, but the so, difference is, you know, Danny Ainge isn't sabotaging like the own, his own uh, organization. It seems like Rob Palenka, you know, is, is kind of sabotaging to get himself in a good position. Whereas Danny Ainge is, just, hey, I'm, I'm maybe pulling a, a slice, or you know, a slick move on another GM, but it's helping our organization, be it the Celtics. So, you know, I think that's a bit of gamesmanship when it comes to that, as opposed to gamesmanship within our own organizations for me to get a, you know, a better uh, position. Yeah. What I mean, what do you think that it would take to get like, um, like say, like a Jerry West or a Pat Riley back right. to the Lakers? Well, Pat, well, you just mentioned Pat Riley ain't going nowhere. He's the king of Miami. I think. I think personally, he probably loves it as far as like just you know, like this is home now. Um, and I think he enjoys that I what I was able to build separate from the Lakers. You know, um, yeah. so I, I don't I don't see him moving. And not to mention, I mean, he's up there in age. I mean, obviously, he's, he seems to be in great shape. Seems to be in good health. But um, uh, you know, I'm not going to rule it out wholly. But I think there would be have to be a massive falling on the sword kind of thing from the Lakers. Um, and then Jerry West, I think he is already hurt as well. And again, you know, you know, look, guys, Jason, Roger, you've been there. When somebody slights you, especially somebody you had so much invested with and you thought you gave your all to, there is an element of you that's like, I want to take it to them. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to, I want to show them they let the wrong person go or they didn't keep me. And so with Jerry West, I think he's enjoying. Look, I'm going to the game tomorrow. The Clippers Warriors is going to be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Who would think the Clippers? with this team could arguably arguably be the most popular team in the last, you know, seven years here. And I don't mean that they're more popular than the Lakers, but what I mean is specifically the type of team they have is really uh, people are really enjoying them and they don't even have a, a quote unquote star. So I think Jerry West is taking pride in look what I've created. Look what I've at least been a part of. And not to mention, we don't even have our big time free agent signing that we're about to get this summer. One to potentially two guys. So I think he's reveling in, and I, I heard him recently on, uh, I believe it's Dan Patrick's show, talking about that, just how he is thoroughly enjoying being working with Steve Ballmer, working with, uh, you know, Doc Rivers, working with, uh, what's his name, Frank, um, uh, Lawrence Frank, you know. Oh, and so, think, yeah. yeah, he's thoroughly enjoying his job there and his time there. And so he sounded very content. So, again, I think, like we mentioned earlier, I think the Lakers are going to have to, Stop thinking about the past. You kind of blew that. Jerry West is gone. And now find the Jerry West of 30 years ago. You know, find that new guy. Yeah. So out of, the, out of all the young core that we have, you know, Lonzo, Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, who do you see blossoming into that, hopefully that next quote-unquote Lakers superstar? <sighs> Don't ask me great questions like that. Here's the thing. <laughs> the, the challenge with that is, if, if if we're in a vacuum, you're just saying, like, let's say we're all walk up to a pickup court or something. You're like, uh, Brandon Ingram is the most talented, flat out. Like, he's, he can probably has the best handle. You know, he has to get to the rack. I mean, he can shoot. He can post. I mean, he's, he's turned out to be a pretty good doggone defender. I mean, he, you know, he has more room to grow, obviously. He's, these guys are so young. But if you're saying, right now I'm going into a game – you know, with LeBron and maybe another star, and I need this guy to show up and drop me 25 without a doubt, that's going to be Kuzma. So, you know, 
and it's it's difficult to say like so what do you need how are you trying to position yourself but if you're asking me if i'm saying who's the most talented i said it year two years ago it's still brandon ingram i think his ceiling is higher i think kyle kuzma for the most part where he is you can add a little notch or two above but that'll be about it that's his ceiling whereas brandon ingram still has top you know 12 15 in the league potential talent and i think that's still enticing to you know either a team or the Lakers to say, man, if we could just get what we saw that last two months, night in, night out, we may be on to something. But the challenge will be, you know, how much is LeBron willing to give up the rock? You know, LeBron always, the idea is, oh, he wants to give up the rock, be utilized less. Well, when we watch him, it ends up not being the case. And uh, and as far as Lonzo, man, I'm going to tell you like this, man. Look, fellas. I'm not I'm not as hyped about man he gets rid of the ball so early. Yeah, he's the hockey assist. Well we ain't playing <laughs> hockey. All right. Last time I checked an assist is I gave the ball to you, you score. That's an assist. And 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 yes, there's a there is something to giving the ball up early and, and keeping it moving. But watch this, fellas. And, and you know, if you got I don't know if you guys play basketball at all, but you watch it, you know the game. Sometimes me holding on to the ball is the better decision. Me getting the ball and throwing it up early to Jonathan Williams, how did that help? You know, me getting the ball early yeah. and throwing it to Kyle Kuzma in center court isn't always the best option. Now, me keeping the ball, putting pressure, especially with my speed and putting the pressure on the defense and making them collapse on me, then kicking it out for Kyle Kuzma, but maybe that was a better option. So everybody's, oh, man, he's so unselfish. Yeah, well, sometimes I need my point guard to actually be selfish and get the best shot, not just a you know quick and he got it out. Um, when I think everybody's like, and I get the similarity, to Jason Kidd. But when you really watch Jason Kidd, dude, and I watch him because again, coming from the Michigan area, I watched him destroy my Pistons for like five years. <laughs> like he could just control the game and literally have eight points, and all of us would say, "Who was the best player today?" You say, hands down, it was Jason Kidd. And that was because he knew when to go, when to be fast, when to get rid of it, when to hold it, when to pound it, you know. And and Lonzo can get there, but it's the strangest thing to see a guy who's probably been the man or the best player, or at least right around there his whole life, never necessarily want to want to take over. Like you see, you guys see Kyle Kuzma wants to take over sometimes almost too much. You even see Brandon Ingram when he gets in his bag, he's like, okay. I want to take over. Lonzo, I'm like, man, like I've not, I've not even seen him like cross him. When did you, when did you see him like clear out and cross somebody over? Tell me the game. I think the, I, I think the only time that he's done that is it wasn't even like in a half court. It was in like a fast break against the, uh, the Hornets and Kemba Walker when he crossed him up and dunked. But that was like one time in what 80 something games right. that he's played where he's actually been aggressive. Right. And now, going, now like, and again, going at the, rack. the potential is there. I think we all see it. But I just, I just need him like this summer, and let's not also negate the fact of injuries. Now he's he's starting to become very injury prone, um, and dude, I I I need you. I don't mind you not being Reggie freaking Miller from the three or Steph Curry, but brother, I can't have you be Dwight Howard from the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, especially as as a point guard, you got to at least shoot eighty percent. At least no, I will drop it down. Oh. I'll drop it. I'll, I'll spot you set 10. I'll go 70. Damn, for a point guard. Well, because that's, that's I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I say that. I'll tell you why I say that. Because if you're a point guard, if his style 
and you're telling me that you're getting me nine to twelve assists, two to three steals a game, six to eight nine rebounds. I can live with you not being Clay Thompson from the free throw line, but you can't be. I'll give you you that. can't be not giving me. You know, not scoring, or I don't know if you're going to score tonight, or I don't know if you're going to be in that hockey assist mode where you're not going to dominate assists. Because here's the thing. All right, let's have this conversation about assists. There's assists, and then there's assists. Chauncey Billups, who I love, one of my favorite players, he got a lot of assists because he just sat up top, Rip Hamilton came off a curl, he gave it to him, he shot it. Okay, technically that's an assist. Wasn't a bunch of creating for your, for your there teammates. There you go, and, that. and I want to see – Running a play. Exactly. I want to see some more of that. Look, look at We're watching – Lou Williams in a pick and roll kill the Warriors with Montrez Harrell. You get what I mean? Every time you're watching, you watch, you watch the way James Harden and Chris Paul are dominating in this pick and roll. You watch the way no uh, Jokic is dropping dimes. You know what I mean? Like he's getting guys. Buckets. Yeah. And I want to see more of that from Zoe. I think it's there. His IQ is high. His and 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 one other thing I'll say with him. It, he needs to remember that he's six five, six six. Like, dude, you you got some height on you, man. Use yeah. that to your advantage. Yeah, he plays like he's six foot. Jason Kidd, Gary Payton, those bigger guards, they put their body on some guys. And again, here's the thing. Keeping in mind, I don't even know if he can buy liquor yet. So there is an element <laughs> of giving him some time. But I, I I and defensively I will give him a lot of credit. My gosh, he can change the complexion oh, yeah. defensively. Uh and I, that's big. And I think the Lakers really missed that this season. I, I think his biggest thing is he just looks unsure at times. You know what I'm saying? Rather yeah. than being like, I can do it, he looks very unsure. And that's why he gets rid of the ball so quick. Like, I don't and know it, if it's – It's strange. It, it's strange to see, though. It's strange because, like, you would think – okay, you guys all know – we all know the guy who grew up with a dad like that. That guy's usually cocky and arrogant, right? It's so strange to see him yeah. who had his dad in his ear. Oh, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. And then he's like, he's <laughs> never lost. He never lost. Even when we lost, we <laughs> yeah. you know? And then he's like, not that guy. So it's 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 semi refreshing to see that as far as personality. But on the court, I'm like, I, I want to see a little bit more dog in him. He's he's yeah. he's that introvert that you know his dad tries to push him to be that extrovert, and it puts him in like a weird predicament, you know, because <laughs> it's like right. this isn't me. Just kind of let me play my game. But when your dad's over here co-signing or writing checks. You're like, wait a minute, like, what am, what am I to do? He already had a target on his back coming in because of what his dad was doing. I think right. there wouldn't be that much pressure on him if he didn't come in with his dad being that loud. It would be yeah, like, well, we well, 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 the Lakers didn't help with Magic talking about he's going to miss all my records. And right, like, God, oh, yeah. Calm it down. Pump the brake, man. Anti-lock brakes. Yeah, like, relax. So, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I, I think he'll be fine again. I, it, what happens is we set these kids up to be – automatic Hall of Famers when in return they could just be really solid players. Uh, but I will say this quickly, we can move on, but Josh Hart watching, again, I keep referencing the Clippers, I'll reference uh, the Spurs. You always need a Josh Hart on your team. You know, the Lakers may not have won those last couple of rings without a Derek Fisher type of guy. You need a Josh Hart. I'm not saying you have to keep him because you can all, you know, there there's Josh Hart's, Hart's out there to be found. But I will say I like his game so much. I was big on him when you know, even Marcellus would vouch. I used to, you know, say he that was a nice pickup for them, and he ended up being one. So you need that guy, a guy who I don't have to create shots for, but he'll end up with 12 points. You know, a guy I don't have to necessarily worry about defensively because we've seen him guard. Point guards are power forwards, you know, and so. Yeah, I'm, yeah he's, he's, he's buying him up in the post. Yeah. Yeah. Big, <laughs> he's just standing people fan, up. Big fan of Josh Hart. I think he's only, you know, only going to get better. Again, is he going to be – 
prolific, no, but you need a Josh Hart on your team to win. Yeah, agreed. Okay, say we don't pick up any key free agents this offseason, right? Any major free agents this offseason. Who do you think? Because I think the Clippers are who they are. Also, a huge part because of who Doc Rivers is as a coach, right? So, who do you think this Laker team right now has to come in with the coach to construct this team to be a winning team? What coach do you think? If you really want me to answer this honestly, it's Ty Lue. Because I think you put – it's based off the scenario you just laid out. You positioned me, meaning if I were the team, you positioned me to have to go all in on – on the LeBron way of winning. What is that? It's get a coach that makes him happy, get a bunch of veterans that make him happy, veterans who can shoot the James Jones, Mike Millers, Kyle Corvers, you know, Channing Fries of the world. Give me some shooters like that, and you have to go LeBron world. You have to fully commit to that. And to me, watch this. There's nothing wrong. I know you don't want to do that, boo, no. Well, we've seen that work. Now, is it necessarily going to guarantee you a championship? No. But at least it's, it's an identity. And one thing I'm big on in all of sports is an identity. We're watching this Clippers team. What are we seeing? An identity. Tough, scrappy. You're going to have to beat them. We watch the Warriors teams. You know what you're going to get. Ball movement, good shots, and they're going to shoot the three. We watch the Rockets. Man, I saw you up. We're shooting all the threes. I don't care if it's 60 of them. That's our identity. Every team has an identity. You watch the Nuggets. Ball movement. We're going to go through Jokic on the elbow. We get some in, you know, inside out. The, what is the Lakers' identity? I don't know if they're fast. No, we I have not shoot threes. Oh, I don't know yeah. what they do. They're bipolar. They're, bi- they're bipolar, and that doesn't work. And, and, and you know, think of how great the Spurs have been. That's because we knew we had that identity. Now, and watch this: they switched the identity. It used to be tough nose, hard nose defense, post you up. Then it switched to ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. And you know, and next thing you know, they were scoring a whole bunch of points as opposed to back in the earlier championships. You're like they're going to score, beat you. You know, ninety to eighty-five. Now, then all of a sudden, you know, those 2011, 12, 13, 14 years, now they're scoring a bunch of points, moving the ball like crazy, and Kawhi Leonard is the featured guy. So, but they had an identity. The Lakers need to find that. And to me, it's okay if it's we're going all in on LeBron. Like, that's fine to me. Like, everybody, no, man, no, it's boo, don't. Why? <laughs> if it works, at least you have an identity. Man, we are team the freaking Bron. We got all the shooters he wants. We got a coach he wants. And because then you can also say, we gave you everything you wanted, player. It was on you. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Because so what about this talk? Unless you go Mark okay. Jackson or something out of the blue, who, you know, you know, who kind of it would be interesting to see what he can do because he had what two or three years with the Warriors and they got really good, you know, they were heading the right direction, then they let him go. So I don't know. We'll never know like what else Mark Jackson can do. You know what I mean? The level of, of talent he is as a coach. So do you think it's going to be hard for the Lakers to find a quality coach when they're going into these meetings saying that, like, they're trying to push uh, Kurt Rambis to be their associate head coach? That's the, that's the reports coming yeah, out. Yeah, I know, of, man. Of, I'm of just weirded out by that because it's like, again, <laughs> get rid of the freaking tight short era. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, dude, let Ty Lue, let, you know, uh, Sam Mitchell, I don't know, whoever the coach is, Rudy Tom freaking Jonathan, I don't, I don't know. Whoever it is, he, is he still alive, by the way? I don't want to say that if he's, like, gone. <laughs> like, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that one. I might yeah, have to Google know. that. Hopefully, <laughs> he, hopefully he's still with us. RIP if he's not. My bad, Rudy. But, um, 
let let them come in, man, with an identity and let them bring in their guys. Don't just like automatically say force Kurt. Like, let's be honest. Like, Kurt Rambis isn't. It'd be different if they were forcing. Like, if they force Phil Jackson on you, that's one thing. You're, that's fine. You're forcing, yeah. you know, you're forcing Kurt Rambis on me. It's like, okay. So I don't know, man. Again, that just it goes back to the era of having to have these ties to the, the 80s through the 90s Lakers. Yeah, you're good. Rudy Tomjanovich is still alive. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Shout out Rudy. Update. You know how it is, man. At a certain point, you ain't seen somebody in a while. You're like, wait, are they even with us anymore? <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, Kevin. Well, uh, we really appreciate your time. You've been more than generous tonight. And uh, we look forward to watching you on TV and hearing you on the radio, man. Man, y'all done got it's, me it's, it's warmed up. Man, y'all better ask me one or two more. Y'all done got me warmed up and hyped, man. Oh. I, I, done, I, done, I done gave my babies the Heisman. I ain't even paying attention all to right, them. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got a totally off-the-books question. Yeah. Give me your best Marcellus Wiley story. Oh, that's a good one. Um, ooh. As he would say, paywall. I don't know if I can give. You, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know if I can give you some of those. No. I, well, you know, some of the ones that are available yeah. for everyone. Um, all, right, all right, because we're both one of the biggest things. If anybody listening to the show knows that we both love music, and probably that's you know why we're not together. <laughs> Partly why, because some of our best stuff was non-sports related. Um, he, he being a lover of music, one time we were talking about uh, Freeway, Jay Z, Beanie Siegel. Even though what we do is wrong, that song. And we were talking about how great of a song it was. And he said, tell the story. I think it was him and Junior Seau one time. They were flying to training practice. Uh, and, like, they're just blasting that song. And he's just floating in his car. And the way he hit an exit ramp wrong or something, they, like, literally almost died because of that song. He was so hyped. And they, like, <laughs> like almost, like, fell off the freaking freeway. And somehow they landed. And they just, like, looked at each other like, oh, my gosh, we're still alive. Um because our love for music, that was one of them. Uh, all of his stories of um, enjoying the fruits of his labor, we'll call it that, are hilarious. Um, like the the one he tells, it's in his book too, by the way, Never Shut Up, shout out to my boy's book, um, where, you know, it was like a varsity blue situation. Somebody comes to his dorm room, you know, with the number, I think the number was five then, number five in uh, like whipped cream under a jacket. That's oh that's, not, that's not a bad story. <laughs> um, uh, what else? That sounds like a paywall story. That it, well, I would be, but he said it on the air, and it's in his book too. So that, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. uh, Dude, true, true story. I was next to Marcellus Wiley at the Bruno Mars concert at the Forum, and uh, we were right next to each other. And he had an aisle seat, and he was dancing like an old church man the, listen, the whole time. Bruno Mars' performance. Listen. He had he had a rag in his hair because he was sweating profusely. <laughs> Yo, it was my all you would have had to do is say, you would, all you would have had to say was, at a concert, dancing, sweating profusely, and I would have said, uh, I would have said, Alex Trebek, who is Marcellus Wiley? <laughs> Dude, it was hilarious. I got story for you. I got, a, I got another one for you. So I threw a, I threw a party for uh, myself a few years ago, and, um, and so Marcellus, is, you know, he came through, and so the party's winding down. Everybody's kind of, you know, pretty much leaving out. And the DJ left his laptop open, a little cracked, while he was enjoying. I brought a bunch of food and everything, so it was a silent party. If you guys have ever been to a silent party, and so mm-hmm. yeah, the, the DJ leaves his, his he leaves his laptop 
cracked. He's got the music going so we can have some music entertained while, you know, last few minutes of the night. Marcellus opens this other person's DJ, I mean, uh, the computer he doesn't know, and he starts DJing. And next thing you know, he made my party go for like another half hour, man. We got people shaking it, dropping like it's hot, and Marcellus is dropping it. I'm like, dude, we're trying to go home. You done started the party all over again. So Big Dog loves to party, loves to dance, definitely loves. He calls himself the Big Usher. So uh, we had a great, t- we had a great time and a great run. I know a lot of people, you know, definitely miss what, what we were able to kind of create. Um, but uh, you know, boom, you, you never know. You never know what could happen in the future. I'll say that. So uh, you're from Michigan, so you know um, my dad's from Michigan, so he does the whole put your hand out thing because he's from Kalamazoo. So yep. How close are you? How close are you from that? So he's on the uh, west up. side of the state. So, um, so yeah, you? so he's on like by like like the left side of your yeah, hand. exactly by closer to Illinois and Indiana. Uh, I'm on the Detroit side from Ann Arbor, but Detroit is where I, you know, pretty much the last 10, 15 years of my life. Um, but so. I would be closer to your thumb if we're going to Michigan. Um, kind of oh, like yeah. the mid, like the little chunky part before your thumb. That's Ann Arbor, Detroit. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout, shout out to your dad, though, for knowing all about the hand, you know what I mean, the, the mitten. Uh, if you want to go gangster, oh, yeah. we call yeah, it he... the murder mitten. You know, murder like, mitten. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I ain't trying to call it that right now, man. I'm, I'm promoting peace right now, man. RIP to my dog, Nipsey, man. I, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I know all about that battle, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. But no, nah, um, yeah, man. Michigan shoot, it's it's um, it's coming back around, man. Specifically, the Detroit area, it's coming back around, and uh, I'm I'm happy. Dan Gilbert pretty much owns all of Detroit. My gosh, and he just call it Detroit. I mean, I mean, <laughs> my goodness, he is buying up everything, and that's that's when you know you got money. You're just buying up a whole city. I know, and uh, what's it called too? Right, uh, I can't remember the name. The people that own Little Caesars. The Illich, um, yeah, the Illich family, yeah, they own. Yeah, the Illich, yeah. Queen and Gilbert and the Illiches, man, they they they, they own the city, dude, for sure. Yeah. So what's it going to take for the Lakers to get back to the playoffs next year? Because we're all we're all tired of watching the yeah, ping pong ball. It's been every, bad, man. It really night. has. I think I think um, I think obviously health is going to be big because I know everybody talks about they were fourth seed before LeBron's injury, and I know some people like to say, yeah, we we're also two out of like eight, two games out of eight seed. But I do think that played yeah. a large role um, because, you know, that's 18 games. Let's say you go, you know, even say a moderate, you know, 12 and six. That's a nice that's a nice record, you know, in those 18 games. And it keeps you in it, keeps guys going. And then Lonzo's injured. Brandon Ingram's injured. So injuries is going to be key for them uh, to, to stay healthy. And then I think, obviously, at some point, you're going to have to bring in some shooting. I mean, that's just the way the league has gone now. And it's obviously helps with LeBron as far as the way he likes to probe. Um, but I don't think, I don't think they're as far off as everybody says. Um, and if they were able to get another guy, say it's not a KD or a Kawhi, but you know, they get a Kemba Walker or something, um, you know, somehow make a trade for a Bradley Beal or something. I think you, you, you're headed in the right direction. If a Brandon Ingrams or so takes that, jump somebody has to take that big you're an all-star like guy jump so that now you've got like two yeah. two and a half real pieces and look I, would you want to see that team in a, in a seven game series i'm not saying they're gonna win but you know i don't want to line up against lebron and, and and some other talented guys seven games you know and let alone no no if you get like i said you get some shooting and some guys who have some experience with them man i i, I don't want to do it so um and then the Anthony Davis is going to be key. What's going to happen there? 
does David Griffin, because of a relationship with LeBron, want to either not not necessarily help him, but say, oh, you know, all right, look, I got to blow this, this, this Pelicans thing up and start over, so let's get rid of Anthony Davis. Or does he say, because I know you guys, I don't want to help the Lakers. You know, but Anthony Davis is going to be a, the key thing to watch when it comes to the Lakers because maybe David Griffin says, I'm better off blowing it. Because, look, let's think about it this way. If you blow it up and you're David Griffin, you've just bought yourself some time, right? Now it's like, look. That's another four years. Yeah. So you buy yourself some time, at least three, four years to quote unquote trust the process. So if he blows them up and then he's able to get a, you know, a Kuzma, a ball, and say a Josh Hart, because I don't know if they can give up everything, or he's able to get an Ingram, you know, a, a Kuzma and a Hart or something, and, and maybe a pick. Well, now all of a sudden they're, they're happy. They got something moving forward. And the Lakers get Anthony Davis, LeBron, a couple other pieces, and maybe one other shooter. Now, all right. Uh, that's a monster to stop. That pick and roll is going to be crazy. So uh, I don't think they're as far as everyone thinks. I think I think there's a little bit more panic than needs to be uh, because I think, again, we you can't undermine how important the health was uh, this year. Everybody was injured, dude. Everybody was freaking injured. So, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. super contagious. Major yep. injuries. So question, LeBron now in this, this late in his career, does he have to alter his game? Do you think you can alter his game? Because, like, you know, I mean, look at the look at the greats when they tried to. I mean, okay, think about it. Jordan with the Wizards when he went to the Wizards, he wasn't the same Jordan anymore. He wanted to be the same Jordan, but he wasn't the same Jordan anymore. Everybody. Here's why that's different. Here's why that's different. Jordan's impetus was scoring. Like I'm the guy who can put up thirty to forty every night. LeBron. We underestimate the ease in which he scores. Like everybody says, Kobe's a better scorer. And, and I, I agree he's more a more talented scorer. But the efficiency of LeBron scoring is staggering. He literally gives you 27, 28 points every single year. And he's not – and what's his best attribute? Passing. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? That's absurd. Like, you, if someone's best attribute is passing, we think Alonzo Ball, he's a great pass. Like, you don't think of Rondo. You don't think of, oh, he's arguably a top five scorer in the league, but his best attribute is passing. So I don't that that's why Jordan it was hard for him. Like Jordan wasn't gonna be able to just oh tonight I'm gonna just drop dimes. LeBron, he could reason why he could play in this league another eight years if he wants is because he could all of a sudden just turn into a freaking six eight pure point guard if he wanted to, and just get to eight points, fourteen assists, and twelve rebounds every night. Um, so does I don't think he's at the phase to alter his game. One thing I, LeBron has to do, has to find a way to give a better effort on defense. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, it's it's literally hurting the team, like, drastically. So he has to find a way because the ro- anybody who's played, you know the rotation. It, it throws you off, and guys can't say anything because he's LeBron. So if that means, yeah. to answer your question, if he has to alter his game and that maybe I can't be as offensively minded, well, so be it, dude, because you got to play some type of defense. I mean, he is, he was atrocious the last couple of years. Yeah. He's got to be, he's got to just become, he's not great. You can't be atrocious. You got to find, go up a notch at least. Uh, he ain't great. Like, like, like on like the uh, James Harden level, because he's way below yeah, that right now. Because Harden <laughs> will have those moments where he'll play a little bit. They don't have the moments where he's James Heron, I call him, because there's no D in his name. <laughs> so, 
you know, but but LeBron has to find something in the middle. Cause come on, LeBron. I mean, dude, you standing straight up sometimes. Sometimes Brandon, who was that? Kuzma had to push you out. Like that's come on, man. Yeah. That was a bad look. I always find it funny too. Like <laughs> he'll let his guy go completely pass and then he'll point at somebody else on his team. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's and that's yeah, and that's what happens when I'm giving you twenty eight, eight and eight. <laughs> you know, like, hey. You know. But we've all we've all played with that guy at the gym where he always blames his guy is scoring on the rest of the team. Man, there was this guy I played with in Flint, Michigan. I used to just play some pickup ball there when I was on the radio. And this dude was nice. Like, he was pro-am level. Like, y'all, you guys know Frank Session, Frank Nitty? Yeah. He's a, yeah. He, I won't say he's – he's right around that town where he was too – he's better than most people. Maybe not quite that good. But, but man, when I tell you, he had the worst defense. His defense was, give me the ball, I'm going to score on you. Like, and – but uh, he reminded me, he reminds me of him sometimes where it's like, my offense is my defense. Like, don't judge me. My <laughs> and I'm like, dude, no, I need you to play a little bit, man. Just a halfway fake it. Can you, like, try to win an Academy Award for acting at least? So yeah, That was yeah. like uh, TJ Ford's older brother. When TJ Ford played for the Bucks, his older brother used to come to the YMCA, and I would go watch them play pickup games because at the time the Bucks had Ray for Austin. So it would be like and one in the gym. Like, it was ridiculous. But T.J. Ford's older brother was really good at basketball, but he would never play defense. He was the guy always cherry-picking on the other end. And he was always the guy that would be getting into fights at YMCA because he wouldn't play defense. I would be dying. That's why T.J. was in the league. Exactly. That's why T.J. right there. Do you think that because it was all their first year playing with LeBron, he's their idol, they were they were scared to to tell him something, right? So this being their second year playing with him, you know, their third year in the league, fourth for Brandon Ingram. We need someone on the team that's going to hold him accountable. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think the players will be less scared per se, but I think it also will be more more than scared. I think it's what's the point, right? Like you hold guys accountable because you feel like if you call them out, it's gonna it's gonna change, it's gonna be effective, or at least the coach or somebody's gonna have your back. Like, yeah, you do need to do this. And I think with LeBron, yeah. they were kind of like, not necessarily scared towards the end of the season, but like, what's the point? Like, wh- what is it gonna matter? Me trying to check LeBron. So I don't know if scared was the word as much as just like, it's useless me trying to check LeBron. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I think you still need to do it because you need to find that Derek Fisher to Kobe. Derek Fisher wasn't scared of Kobe. He was like, yo, man, I need you to do this. Or, look, I'm going to shoot the shot if it's open, Kobe. And Kobe respected that. So, somehow, whether it be these guys or some guys have to come in and get that respect where I don't give a dang if you are arguably the best ever or top two or three. Tonight, I'm doing this or you need to do that or you need to step your game up. And I think – and we all need that in our life. I don't care how good we think we are. You need your wife, your girl, your boy, your homie, your mom. Somebody needs to always be able to come to you and be like, give you some – you know, uh, check yourself, you know what I mean? And we all need that. So hopefully the Lakers are able to find that in somebody, whether it be through the coach down to the players or some, some veteran guys. Um, or again, these young guys just step their game up. And like, I don't care if you're LeBron, dude, I'm trying to freaking, I'm a teammate of yours. The collective goal is to win this game. And I'm going to say something, you know what I mean? I'm telling you, telling you guys, we need a Patrick Beverly. I tweeted that. I said, That's what I tweeted need. that like last week when they won that 31 point comeback, whatever I said, Who's the dog on the Lakers? Who's that? Like, I know the dog is Draymond for the Warriors. I know P.J. Tucker's the dog, and Chris Paul, actually, for the dog for the Rockets. You know what I mean? I can go down and line these teams. I know they got a dog or two. And, like, the Lakers, man, they ain't got no dogs. You know, maybe. Nah. 
Josh Hartman. Okay, okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, that that, that kid that we got at the end yeah. of the season, um, Jamario Jones. Yeah. Let me rephrase. He the looks dog like he has, has capability to be, of being that has, dog for the Lakers. The dog has year. to be on the team. I, I, I know it was at the end of the season. It was in short <laughs> So I, I hear you, but I mean, we gotta wait till we can't even predict. We just gotta wait till next season because we don't even know who's gonna be on the team. But whoever needs to be on the team. It needs to be a dog, and they got rid of a dog and Julius Randle. He was kind of a dog, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that guy. We're going to get Jared Dudley. Man, Jared, <laughs> let me tell you something. This is, this is the last Stop it. I gotta go. Jared Dudley. I tweeted. I said Jared Dudley is like that. Jared Dudley is like that terrible mumble rapper that keeps your older cousin in the mom base, his mom's basement trying to rap because everybody looks at Jared <laughs> Dudley and he's got every D two player. Former D1 player saying, oh, I can make the league. If he's in the league, I can make the league. <laughs> so he is like little Yachty. Or little. That. All right, Kelvin. Well, thanks for joining us. You, like, in an hour was – that was way more than we, we could have ever hoped for. You know, we know you're busy with, with everything you got going on over there, and we really appreciate it tonight. Uh, no problem, man. Uh, appreciate you guys, and uh, much success to you, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep grinding. Keep, uh, you know, getting your, getting your Laker unfiltered on. Man, appreciate you, appreciate you. When you want us on your show, just let us know. <laughs> Yo, you know what's funny, man? I started my podcast, uh, Church League Champ, uh, when uh, when I moved on from Espen. And, uh, you know, so I, I, a lot of people, you know, people enjoy it, and they're kind of like, yo, bring it back. So I don't know. I got I don't know, man. I want to tweak it, man. I don't, I don't know right now, man. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way how I want to do it, but I'll definitely uh, have you guys on. If you want to play a hey, down. If you ever need a fifth for your for a for a pickup game, I'm always down to play. All right, now I gotta see some visual evidence of this. I don't know. <laughs> I, you gotta tag me in an Instagram post or something, man. I gotta see what's good. Wait, all right, you got 20 seconds to describe. Who would give me a Laker player you play like? I'm a point guard that loves to pass, but I can hit a three. So you're not Lonzo, okay? No. Uh, Caruso. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like a, 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 a white Alex Caruso. Okay. <laughs> he, he's he's the white mamba, Scalabrini. Yeah, yeah. I, I can dig that. All right. Well, let's shoot. I like hey, let me, I like to shoot. I'm a little uh I'm like a out of shape. I look like Raymond Felton right now. Uh, you know, guard. So yeah, that'll work. We we, we could be able to get down there and I I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Perfect. I'll be your guys' security. Right, I got well, you. <laughs> look, hey, you know what? All that matters is everybody knows their role. That's all that matters. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'll get with you guys. All right, man. Thanks, Kelvin. Yes, sir. Damn, guys. Kelvin Washington. What an amazing interview. I can't say thank you enough for coming on the Lakers Unfiltered podcast. I wish I could have been more part of that interview. But with that said, let's move on to tonight's topics just with us three. Jason, Josh, you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Cool. Let's go. Josh, you up there? I'm here, I'm here. All right. So, the first thing I want to talk about is what's going on with Magic and his little tweet this morning. Kind of cryptic. But let, let, let's talk about that. I mean, it, it, it obviously does not help the overall standing of the Lakers right now. Like, it already looks like a dumpster fire. At, at some point, this needs to stop being high school stuff, and everyone needs to just move on with, them, on with their lives so we can get down to the business of making the Lakers better. Yeah, but um, 
Okay. So, go ahead, Jack. Oh, um, yeah. Like I was about to say, uh, I mean, if it's true, you know, he that he was CC'd on emails about them talking crap about him, uh, about Rob, Rob and Jeannie talking crap about him, um, you know, and his job performance. I could see him feeling some sort of way, some type of way. Um, but I don't know. I agree with Jay. Like, it does. It just, it's it's not good. It just adds to more of the high school drama. And we're already in disarray. It just makes it even worse. Now people are literally waiting by Twitter or waiting to see what the breaking news is going to be or what Magic was talking about, which is going to be the crazy part. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking is, is that we need to kind of knock this off. But, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate on one side here. You know, maybe Magic is uh, just kind of saying, um, you know, all this stuff that's going on, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's just all just media hype and the truth will come to light. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's more than one way to spin this, and only Magic Johnson really knows what he means. But at the end of the day, all it does is create a little more – I don't know. It has more fuel to the fire that's negative already, already in, you know, Laker town. Well, to that, you know, there was a report by Dave McMenamin from ESPN this week talking about how LeBron's at odds with the Lakers front office. And then that next day, LeBron posted a video on IG of how he, you know, normally he stays in the background. He doesn't ever come out and talk about that stuff. But he posted this thing where he's working out saying it's not true. It's not true. I'm here right now at the Lakers facility. Everything's all good here. I don't know what you are what you guys are talking about. So now today, everyone's trying to spin that to be like, oh, he must be covering it up. I just feel like everyone's trying to just kick the Lakers while they're down. Like, this is their chance to just get everything out that they've wanted to say for the past 50 years, and now everyone's just piling on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the only way to do it, you know? I mean, that's the weak point. You got to attack, you know, attack you got to attack the giant while he's already down. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, man, you know, with, with social media and just people getting ready to add their two cents on whatever they want to add it to, like you said, you could spin it and do anything, any type of way that you want to do it. Um, LeBron being at the facility doesn't necessarily mean he's not at odds with the front office. Like, he lives in L.A. now. Doesn't really have anywhere else to go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he could be on vacation, but his kids, his sons are in in school right now. So it's like, why not be at the facility working out? You know, so it doesn't really prove that he's not at odds with them. Um, and plus, he's he's also one of those dudes that likes to save face. He likes to keep his character somewhat clean, you know? Um, he doesn't like that that bad attention on him because, you know, he's thinking about his career off the court after you know and he's getting all that worked out right now so of course he's gonna put out that type of video so when we had uh kelvin washington earlier he said that the best way to go for the lakers head coach would be Ty Lue. do you guys agree with that or do you think we should try and get monty williams like he's like the next hot name out there um, I mean, it depends on what we do again in, in free agency. I mean, it's like we were talking about, you know, a little while ago. I mean, I'm still not really on the whole Tyru Tyloo train. 
<laughs> you know, I'm going to say it like that, to be honest. You know, it, it does make the most sense depending on free agency. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Josh? What are we setting up for? Are we setting up for the next two years? Are we setting up for the future? You know what I'm saying? Like, realistically, are you setting up? If you get Ty Lue, you got a coach that's going to be here two years or maybe three. After LeBron leaves, if we're not winning, he's leaving too. So it's like, what are you really setting up for? You know what I'm saying? And that's what our front office needs to figure out. That's what they need to figure out. I think if you get Monty Williams, have him come in and set his own system into play and start to work out his own things and take it into a different direction that will take us post LeBron. Because like, even if we do get AD or a big free agent this off season, who's to say like after LeBron leaves that will accomplish anything with Ty Lue being that coach, like Ty Lue, the only reason he was uh, a good coach is because he had LeBron. Like, you see, he was he, he was shark bait right after LeBron left. Like, all right, LeBron's gone, you're done. You know what I'm saying? There's no – we're not even going to keep you around. So what does that prove? Like, if he was good, if he was an Eric Spolstra, he would still be in that position, right? He would still be the Cavaliers head coach. Or he would be already be on a team. So the fact that he's not even – he didn't even get job placement or interviews after that speaks a lot. It speaks a lot. And that's coming from people in the NBA that know – He's only a coach of LeBron because he's a yes man to LeBron. And is that what we want? I mean, since we signed up, like, like we said, like if, if uh, we're signing up for two years of LeBron and we don't get anyone in free agency, then Tyloo might be the move just to see what we can get out of him for the next two years. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I'm still back. You know, I'm sorry, and I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm very repetitive. <sighs> Who's gonna be our our, our president? Look, Raj. <laughs> you know look, look, honestly, I don't think we're getting a president. I think it's gonna end up either being Kurt Rambis or Rob Palinka, which is scary because Kurt Rambis hasn't ever done anything as a head coach or as an executive anywhere. He's been a, a failure everywhere he's went. And okay, Robert, so if, I, and, if I'm going that scenario... Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, if I'm going that scenario, then obviously Tyler is the best decision for a, head co- for a head coach. Yeah, unfortunately. There's no need to go get anybody that's going to be, you know, worth the shit um, that's going to come into this, you know, this situation, you know? And I, I don't know. I, I don't see that changing, and I'm sorry until... The other situation is rectified. Yeah. I, I feel as if we get Ty Lue, we're not going to get key free agents. No. Like, we're not getting big-name free agents. Like, it's a mess already. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you add Ty Lue, it just kind of makes it more of a mess. So it's like, that's going to tell the guys they're not serious about anybody else really coming to the team and really taking it over as their team, that this is going to be LeBron's team and you're just going to play second fiddle until LeBron's ready to leave. And that's the shitty part about yeah. it. So short-term coach, we think Ty Lue. Long-term coach, we, we're thinking Monty Williams. Is that a fair assessment? Monty Williams or Mark Jackson? I mean, I'm still on that Mark Jackson train. So that's my two. That would be my two picks. Like, either of those two, I don't like Ty Lue, but I'm 
I have a gut feeling it's going to be Ty Lue, unless Monty Williams, unless somehow they went over there and persuaded him today to where he's like, you know what, I'm going to do it. But my gut is telling me Ty Lue. Yeah, I got I got to roll with unfortunately Ty Lue. Um Monty Williams is a long term. I mean, I can't, you know, at this point in time. I mean, I do like Mark Jackson. I mean, even, you know, uh, the only thing about Mark Jackson is they haven't even mentioned him as a possible candidate, you know? So I, I think that's like grasping at straws for that one. Okay, so we consider Jason Kidd. I don't think he's a, a viable option. He hasn't done anything anywhere. At, at least Monty Williams was took took the Pelicans, who were, weren't, weren't that good, to the playoffs. They lost to the Warriors, but who doesn't lose to the Warriors in the last four or five years, right? So, True. The only, the only thing that worries me about Monty Williams is, should we want the same coach that, that the Suns want? Like, that's what makes me nervous. Because the Suns are a poorly ran organization. Yeah, but the Suns have a lot of young talent that the Suns are trying to develop, you know? Um, and that's, I guess, we're, we're in the same boat. We have a lot of young talent, you know, that we should be trying to develop. And maybe that's what the Suns see. That's true. So I put a thing out on Twitter for all of our listeners to send us an email. I got one, I got one very email that I thought would be worth discussing on, on the podcast today. So this guy wrote us and said that he thinks Kuzma reminds him of a young Kobe Bryant. He went as far to call him Kobe Kuzma. Now, this comes from Wade. It, this, <laughs> this guy's name was Wade, and he sent the emails, and so I thought we could discuss it here and kind of see what you guys think about that. Okay. <clears throat> Kobe Kuzma, Kobe Kuzma. Um, uh, similarities. Similarities. I mean, you got to think about it both at a, uh, you know, rookie sophomore year. You know, Kobe was uh, competing in the the dunk contest and jumping out the damn ceiling. You know, Kuzma's uh, Kuzma can jump out the damn building as well. Um, both kind of uh, at that early stage in their career were very streaky, but showed you know signs of greatness. You know, Kobe wasn't the best. <laughs> you know, at all the first couple seasons. But he started to come into himself, come into himself in his game. Uh, Kuzma is uh, one of those players that I would definitely love to see how he develops because this kid is, pardon my language, he's fucking phenomenal. You know. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, what was Kobe when he first came into the league? You know, I would actually say Kuzma's first couple years. We're better are better than Kobe's first couple of years. Now, if we're talking about Kobe in his prime, that's a different conversation. But, no, but that, that's, where that, they're that's, at that's, in the yeah, that's kind of what this guy's saying is that he sees Kuzma turning into Kobe eventually. Oh yeah, I mean he's headed on the same path. Like I can definitely see it. I can definitely see that happening. Like I Kuzma does have that killer instinct. He will take the game over. You can put the ball in his hands. He's not scared to take the big shot. Um, he's not scared to fail. It's kind of hard now with LeBron on the team, you know. Um, but he still has that. He still has that developmental 
part to get to, you know, that, that Kobe did. Um, but, I, yeah, I can see it in him. I mean, he's one of my favorite Lakers, Kuzma is. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, who doesn't love Kuzma? Oh, no, he got one. He got one. Honey, he got one possible argument I could put up right now. He has one hundred tatted on him. <laughs> That's the reason can't to... go against that guy. <laughs> That's the reason to not like him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would have to. I would have to agree with that. Out of all the Lakers that I could see, that would turn can turn into that Mamba. It's definitely Kuzma. Yeah, and I mean, who's who's not to say that Kobe doesn't reach out and give him some tutelage? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, I don't know, this kid's special. That's all I'm saying. This kid's special. Have to agree. We just got to keep Kobe away from them Celtics. No, actually, you know what? Stop. Actually, you know what it is. It, it's, it was kind of like a Jedi mind trick on uh, on, <laughs> on Tatum because he turned him in. He turned him from a, a great three-point shooter and a driver to the basket to some guy that's just been settling for mid-range jumpers. And he, he his his second season has been terrible. Yeah. So, Kobe, good work with that. appreciate that. <laughs> Wrap it up. All right, guys. Well, that, I don't want her. That was another. That was another great episode of Lakers Unfiltered this week. Um, keep the emails coming. Keep the retweets coming. Follow us on Twitter at Laker Unfiltered. On Instagram at Lakers Unfiltered. Send us an email anytime to Lakers Unfiltered at gmail dot com, and maybe your email will get read next week. Hey, before we leave, yeah. We need to, we need to, we need to. Everybody keep retweeting. We got to figure out how to get, I got sources on here, bro. Like. <laughs> he already blocked us. I was, he already blocked us? Yeah, he blocked us Damn on Twitter. It. Yeah, he blocked us. Jay, you were supposed to be searching them, bro. We were trying to find out whose basement he was in. Well, he blocked us. So, that, so now the, I, I guess we struck a nerve with, with whatever we said, because now we're officially blocked. Hey, keep it coming, guys. He was yep. traveling. <laughs> he was traveling, and, and then he had family emergencies, according to him. Yes. Hey, but nice. but but honestly, like a, a big thanks to Kelvin Washington for spending so much time with us today. Definitely. Great interview. Glad we could get all three of us here at the end and wrap it up with us. And looking forward to who we can get on next week. Stay tuned, everyone. Have a good weekend. All right, you guys. I'll holler.